Hello, and welcome back to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight the passionate character educators who are out in the field walking their talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and I'm so excited to kick off season two with Carrie Taylor, a first grade teacher in Virginia who's also a wife and a mom and a podcast listener. Carrie, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's finally getting warm here in Virginia. We um, have had some crazy weeks. We haven't had a full week of school for weeks, and I don't even know how many weeks. We've had so many snow days and flood days, so um, we've had some outdoor recess this week and good weather, and so we're doing great. We're doing amazing. So spring is in the air. I hope. I sure hope so. My <laughs> fingers are crossed <laughs> that it stays. <laughs> Carrie, I'm so excited to talk to you today because... Um, Well, first of all, I love first grade teachers. I think first grade is such a magical time, but I also um, don't know a whole lot about your journey. Would you tell the listeners what brought you to today? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, this is actually only my second year teaching. Um, It's my second year in first grade. So um, I was a teacher education candidate at Bridgewater College in Virginia, Um, I've wanted to be a teacher since before I can remember, um, my kindergarten teacher told my mother that she was pretty sure I was going to be a teacher growing up because I was very much a leader and quite bossy to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) Well, Um, I prefer not to use the word bossy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Leadership. Yeah. That's it. Definitely. So I had, I had a lot of teachers who pointed me in the direction of, of turning it into a a leader and, you know, being, being one of those leaders. Um, so I went to Bridgewater college and I finished my class, like my coursework, um, in the spring of 2017. And all I had left to do in the fall of 2017 was student teaching. Um, so I actually saw a post from a local County that said, we need teachers re- really badly, and um, we're willing to hire teacher candidates who only need student teaching. And I was like, that's me. That That's me. Like, I'm ready. Like, pick me. Um, so I applied to this county, and so I actually got to student teach in my own classroom. Um, so a fellow teacher down the hall was served as sort of my, my mentor teacher. You know, we, we did a lot of our planning together and those kinds of things, but I was also still enrolled as a full-time, um, student at, at my college. So it was challenging, but it was really, really nice to be able to start the year with my kids because with, with my position and having to do fall student teaching, I wouldn't have been able to, to likely get a job in that spring. So I would have had to either do a long-term sub or just wait until the next year. And I was so eager to just be in the classroom and be in my classroom. Um, So I teach at one of the largest elementary schools in the state of Virginia. Um, So there are nine first grade teachers on my team. Um, I'm one of nine. And I absolutely love it. I I have loved it last year. I'm in the same classroom that I was in last year. Um, And it's just been really great to to see the difference in the first year teacher and now second year being able to compare um, things from last year. I'm I'm loving it every moment. So. And what was your greatest lesson from last year? Have you been able to pin that down? 
Wow. My greatest lesson. Hmm. Um, I would say, I have to think about that for a second. Um, we did, I did, um, a science, um, little mini unit with my kids last year with, um, exploring like matter and, you know, what kinds of things mix and what kinds of things don't mix and, um, those kinds of things. And science is really, for me, one of those things that for me to understand it, I have to be able to see it, touch it, do it, feel it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those hands-on learners. So to just tell me about science doesn't, doesn't click for me. So I really wanted to make sure that every time I taught something new in science, that I gave them the best hands-on experience that I could, that I, that was available to me. Um, so I used the little, I guess they're like one or two ounce containers that have the lid. They're used at like restaurants for, um, salad dressing. Mm-hmm. And we just like put tons of different liquids. So like oil and vinegar and Kool-Aid and syrup and honey and like different liquids in and just did tons of observations. Like what happens if we mix these two and what happens if we stir up these two? And I just remember my kids saying like, wow, I can really see that the two are not mixing or, you know, wow, I can really see that the colorful Kool-Aid dissolved in the water. I can't see the two parts anymore, you know? So that was one of those moments that it was like, they really see what I'm saying and they can touch what I'm saying. And it's not just listen to my words and believe what I'm telling you. It was one of those moments of, wow, she really means what she says. And she's showing us with, with real life materials. So that was really, really fun. And they really enjoyed that last year. So, so kind of that experiential learning, making things tangible. Absolutely. I'm all about the experiential and, and understanding like, why it matters or what, what does this have to do with the real world for me? Or why is this going to matter to me, you know, in, in my real life? Yeah. Yeah. So what made you want to be a guest on a podcast? So I really consider myself, or I, I try to consider myself, <laughs> um, a lifelong learner and, um, I really love surrounding myself with, um, opportunities and people that, help me grow into a better teacher because I feel like no matter what you know or how long you've been in this, whether you're like me and you're just starting out or, you know, you've been in this, been at this a long time, I feel like there's always so many new things happening. And so someone said to me, well, have you ever listened to like an education podcast? And I was like, no, I haven't. You know, I, I wasn't into the podcast thing. Um, I'm, I'm pretty busy on the go with my daughter. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Well, then I kind of <laughs> thought more about it. And I was like, maybe I do, you know, I'm in the car for a good 25 minutes in the morning. Maybe I do have time for podcasts. So I started looking up online, you know, Googling education related podcasts. And, um, I was like, okay, I really, I really enjoy this. So I started playing them on my commute in the morning and I just found that it started my day so much more positively than just a regular radio show, you know, in, in my car, um, talk, listening to people who are in the, in the field or have been in the field or something related to education just seemed to start my day on a more positive and like education focused note. So I really enjoyed listening to them. And so when you kind of said to me, like, would you consider being on? I was like, absolutely. Yes. Like that would be so much fun, you know, to be able to talk to you and hear your experience. And I just, I, I love it. I love hearing from different teachers and I hope that I can, 
you know, maybe give somebody some ideas as well. (laughs) Well, I am inspired by your confidence and your willingness not only to grow, but to share with others. Do you have a favorite podcast? Oh, goodness. A favorite podcast. I am just getting into it, Barbara. Seriously, I've only listened for like maybe a month now. Okay. Um, I really like, I've started listening to, um, I don't even know her last name. Her first name is Casey. It's, um, she runs the teaching on less blog. I don't know if you've heard of her, but, um, it's all about like branding yourself and having like a, um, a social media presence as a teacher and like connecting with other teachers on social media. And I've really enjoyed listening to her and, and, you know, ramping up my, my social media presence, because I feel like that's one of the best way to, to hear and see what's really current in education. Cause you know, it's in real time people talking. So that one's been really interesting. That's my latest listen. So Well, that segues beautifully into the next question, and it kind of is about branding yourself. And without specifically asking your brand, I went to your Twitter page to look at your five most recent tweets, because in Character Strong, one of our dares to the children as well as to staff is do your last few social media posts align with who you are and what you want the world to know about you and I, I just have a few things that I want you to to either, you know, speak to or, you know, affirm. One of them talked about believing in yourself. You talked about brain breaks. You posted yes. something about being the person you needed when you were younger. You discussed I statements and taking a chance on implementing morning meetings next year. All of those things are so relationship-driven Can you talk about what drew you? Some of those were your initial tweets and some were retweets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am a firm believer that in the quote that says, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but let me see if I can get it right. Um, The quote that says, they don't care what you know until they know you care. Um, And that is so true. Like they, these sweet little first graders are such bundles of energy and they are not going to slow down to listen to you until they really care. And they know that you care about them. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, at the beginning of the year, they're just so energetic and so excited. And, um, I really spend the time. My two biggest things are one building personal, intimate, like really, really one-on-one relationships with my students. So knowing, you know, not only who they are in the classroom, but you know, their likes and their dislikes and and things that are going on with them um, and, you know, rules and procedures. So those are my two focuses for the first seriously like month of school, which some people are like, wow, that's a big, you know, that's a big chunk of time that you're not spending on instruction. But um, I really have found even in just two years and from some very very valued educator friends um, that that month of time that we spend saves us so much time throughout the year because the relationships are already built and the rules and procedures are already in place. So I'm not spending a ton of time reteaching rules and procedures, and I'm not spending a ton of time worrying about small problems in our classroom because my students and I work really hard at at solving those problems and communicating and those kinds of things. So I am big on teaching them how to, how, how to have strong, healthy relationships, because a lot of my students come from homes where it's not super prevalent, um, for, 
for what a healthy relationship really looks like and what healthy communication really is. Um, so that's my biggest, often my biggest goal throughout the day. <laughs> I'm not sure that I touched on all of those, um, words that you pointed out from my tweets. Um, the morning meeting, I, I just love that concept. I've never actually implemented that, but I absolutely love taking that time at the beginning of the day. Um, I don't know if you saw my tweet that said that every morning we, when my students come from the bus room, we have about 15 minutes until the first bell rings. And, um, I spend that time. I, I try very, very hard not to spend that time behind my desk, even though some days I really would love to. Um, I, I spend that time. I walk around to every table group, to every kiddo and, you know, just really look them in the eye and say, good morning. And I'm glad you're here. And, how was your evening and that kind of thing. And I feel like maybe we could incorporate that into a group morning meeting because while I'm building a great relationship with them, I'm finding that my students need to know how to have relationships with each other as well. So, you know, that the concept of the morning meeting where they also speak to each other really yes. is, is drawing me in. And I would love to try that next year. Yeah. Circling up and really fostering their ability to speak to one another in addition to what you're doing with them will make all the difference, I think. Yes, I'm, I am so eager to do that. And lately, we've really been, um, I have a, my group this year is struggling with um, just communicating with one another, um, you know, using their words for, for things that we as adults find as simple, you know, um, or, or, quote, unquote, no brainers, you know, thing, <laughs> things like, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of, a, of an example today. Um, you know, things like, oh, I accidentally dropped this paper, you know, and, and this perfect example from the classroom today. Um, I had a student who was passing a paper to another, um, and she dropped it accidentally. But instead of saying I accidentally dropped it, the other student thought that she threw it on the floor. So the other student picked it up and I don't even remember, like stuck her tongue out at the other student or something. And so both feelings were hurt because there was no communication there. Um, So we had to get to the root of the issue with why was the tongue stuck out? Well, because you threw the paper on the floor. Well, I didn't throw the, it was an, you know, so Mm -hmm. it was an accident. So using our words and me showing them, you know, you will, it's okay to say, Hey, it was an accident. I'm sorry. Like I did, I really didn't mean to, you know, or. I didn't like when, you know, using your words is just so important. And, and that's hard when you're six, especially if you haven't had great models of that. Um, so we're really, really working on that. And I think morning meeting with them speaking face to face would really help that. So that's definitely one of my biggest goals for next year. It's interesting that you say it's hard when they're six, because guess what? If they haven't practiced, it's really hard when they're 12. And then it can be excruciating when they're 16 and they haven't practiced it. And we just assume that they should come to us with these skills. Yeah. Yes. It it is so, I find myself so often, I, I, it's almost like I almost want to get frustrated when they don't know these communication skills. And then I'm, I take a step back and I'm like, wait, they're only six. And Mm -hmm. if mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or who, or aunt and uncle, whoever's raising them is not modeling that they've had no other really true exposure to those positive relationships and positive communication experiences. So that's my job, you know? And so taking that step back and remembering before I get frustrated, maybe it's genuinely an, I don't know how to express myself kind of thing. 
um, has really helped with, with their trust in me because they know that I'm going to be honest with them and, um, and, you know, be fair as best I can and use my words to communicate with them. And they find it amazing when I say things like, Oh, I'm sorry, you know, or, or that was an accident or I messed up, you know, when I'm transparent with them, I find that they are much quicker to be transparent with me or they really are. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you also said their worries and questions about life and relationships are more important than reading sight words a billion times. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) that a billion times may have been an exaggeration. Maybe not. I don't know. Depends on, (laughs) depends on the day. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. But no. So my district is um, a title. We are title one school. So, and we were actually in school improvement last year. So my school is big on, we got to get them on the reading level. We've got to get them on reading level, which I agree is so important. And I want them all to be enthusiastic, strong readers. I do. I really do. Don't get me wrong. I want them to know those sight words really badly. Uh Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But, but, but when they say to me, you know, Miss Taylor, why is, you know, that student out in the hallway screaming and throwing a fit? You know, they see another student that's acting out in the hallway and they genuinely want to know what's happening, you know, or, um, I've had students who, who have seen a student with, with disabilities in the hall, physical disabilities in the hallway. And they'll say, Ms. Taylor, why does that student walk different than I do? Or why is, you know, we have a substitute teacher who's in a wheelchair and my students have said to me, well, why is she in a wheel? You know, what happened to her? Why is she in a wheelchair? And so taking an extra five, it's kind of like the relationship at the beginning of the year, taking that month, it's kind of the same. So taking five minutes to have a discussion about you know, either the friend who is yelling in the hallway because he's having a hard day and don't we all have hard days and, you know, making it relatable to them, um, really, really makes the difference because just to say, be quiet, go do your work. That doesn't, they, they still have that question in their mind. They're still not understand that doesn't solve the question. Um, and so then they continue to talk amongst each other and they come up with their own crazy answers to their questions and, Um, it just turns into a way bigger deal than if we just take a few minutes and pause from sight words or lesson plans or whatever's going on and just really talk about whatever's on their mind. So, um, my students are pretty quick to ask me when they don't understand something, you know, when, or, or relationship wise, something that they don't feel confident in. They're pretty quick to ask me because I try very, very hard to not brush it off. And I try very hard to to take them seriously and engage them in that conversation. Because those are conversations, like you said, that need to be had or they grow up and they still don't know how to, they still don't know the answers to those questions and don't know how to have those conversations. So I find that five or 10 minutes to have that discussion really helps not only their empathy and their understanding, but their ability to then, then focus on the sight words that we have to read a billion times because, you know, their other questions have then been settled. So Our friend, Dr. Michelle Borbick, tells us that as empathy goes up, their anxiety will go down, and so will incidents of bullying in and outside of the classroom. So I love that you're working to shape um, not only 
their one, two, threes and ABCs, but also their moral development and their emotional literacy. Do you have any favorite books that help you do that? Wow. Um, I'm trying to think. So I have been, um, I have a four month, four and a half month old daughter. (laughs) Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, that was one of the reasons that I got into podcasts because I haven't had a ton of time to read lately. Um, but there is a book and I'm trying to think of the name. Oh goodness. I'm going to have to think a few minutes on the name, but one of my professors in college read it to us and she, the, the author was it is it te- maybe you're familiar with the book if I explain it the author was a teacher and she was writing all of her experiences from the classroom and um I want to say it was like a third or fourth grade classroom and um they were from a um no it was a younger classroom it was much younger it was either kindergarten or first grade um oh black ants and buddhists Um, are you familiar with that? No, but I think just today I saw something about it and it caught my eye because I thought, Oh, how do I not know this title? Yes. So my, one of my college professors, my diversity, um, I had a class in college. It was like diversity education. And, um, she read that parts of it to us, excerpts to us, um, you know, just entering the co- the class every day. And it basically, the title comes from an ex- a classroom experience that this teacher author had, um, where the, there was a student in her classroom who was a Buddhist and Buddhists believe in not hurting anything, anyone, anything, you know, any creature. Um, and so that when another student wanted to squish the ants that were in the classroom, it turned into this big discussion of, well, I believe it's okay, but he does, you know, he doesn't believe it's okay. So it turned into this big, um, classroom discussion and it talks all about, you know, not only accepting the diversity, um, piece, but also how can we solve this so that everyone's feelings are, are respected and everybody's voice is heard. And, um, so that's where the title comes from. And that book, that teacher really speaks from her experiences in the classroom, which helped keep my attention to be quite honest with you. (laughs) Um, because I'm like, Hey, I I can relate to that. You know, I've had that classroom experience. Um, and, and it's just, it's just good. It's a good read about not only becoming a classroom community, but caring for others feelings and, um, caring about the world around you. And it's just, it's a great read. It really is. It sounds good. It sounds like it would pair well with Hey Little Ant, where it's the same idea where the ant, the boy actually threatens to stomp on the ant and squish it. But then the ant gets a voice and says, please, oh, please do not squish me. Change your mind and let me be. And so they have this dialogue, a boy and an ant. And in the end, he says, "Um, if you were me and I were you, what would you want me to do? Yes. Oh my goodness. That is so important. Yes. I have not read that book, but wow. I need to read that to my class ASAP. Yes. You'll want to add that. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have discussions. I, I feel like daily about well, pause, would you, you know, how would you feel if, if you were on the other side? You know, we, we have those discussions all the time because it's hard to think about somebody else's feelings when you're six. It really is. Um, but yeah, we have those discussions all the time. So that sounds like the perfect conversation starter for my class. So I definitely need to, to add that to my list. 
Okay, so now we're going into the self-care part of our discussion because you are busy caring for those six- and seven-year-olds. You have got your own professional and personal growth going on. You've got a husband and a little baby girl. How do you make sure that there's carry time? Yes, so (laughs) that is actually one of the big questions in my life right now. (laughs) Um, I am figuring that out as we go. It's very it's very different now with a baby because, and I'm sure anybody with, with children or babies understands, um, because it's their needs first. And to be honest with you, I am an only child, Barbara, and it has never, it has (laughs) never been anybody before me (laughs) to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not about me all the time, but if there was something really that I wanted to do, like I could pretty much do it for myself. And now it's not me first you know, it's her first. So, um, I really find that my morning showers, (laughs) I know that sounds silly, but, uh, my morning showers when my husband is, you know, he can get with the baby if she's crying and, um, you know, it's my, it's my, that's my time to kind of decompress and think about the day and prepare for the day. And that's my time to kind of spend to myself, um, when my husband is home and he, my husband is a deputy sheriff. So he spends a lot of time out of our home. He works 12 hour shifts. Um, so those days are challenging. I don't get a lot of my, of carry time on those days, but the days that he is home, my husband is absolutely wonderful about, you know, letting me either go take a shower or if the weather's nice, thankfully it's getting warmer. I I love to go take walks, even if it's just for a quick, you know, walk down the street and back. Um, I feel that those breaths of fresh air and um, time outside to just decompress really help me. Um, So those are my two favorites. Um, I also, I, you might have seen my tweet, um, Friday mornings, I usually reward myself with an iced coffee to celebrate. Yay. We survived a week. <laughs> yes. So, Sometimes um, the decadence of a candy bar in a cup like that is yes. a beautiful thing. Yes. So my me times are not very extravagant, but now that I have so little of it, they are very precious to me and I'm very, very careful with them. And I, 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 appreciate them very much. <laughs> it's interesting because we're in such a different season of life. Um, our baby just turned 20 this week. So, you know, we're empty nesters just recently. But wow. I can remember back to that shower time. Like you couldn't even go into the bathroom because once they started moving, they were following you into the bathroom. Oh, yes. And she, she is like, really <laughs> starting to like, she sit, she's starting to sit up and she wants to participate in things. So like she's starting to notice when you leave her, you know, I used to be able to like put her in somewhere safe, put her in the swing. And then I could run to the bathroom really quickly, you know, and come back and she was okay. But she's really starting to notice like, Hey, you kind of left me alone. That makes me kind of not happy. (laughs) (laughs) So you're right. Even going to the bathroom is hard. So like I said, when my husband is here in the mornings and I'm able to shower uninterrupted and I don't have to worry about baby cries because he'll get up and get her, those times are so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. Now, I, I don't get to talk to too many people who knew in kindergarten that they were going to be a teacher. So I am really really enjoying this. And and I feel like your brand has something to do with confidence and believing in yourself. But say you were going to put your brand on a t-shirt. What would it say? 
Wow, wow, Or a billboard wow. or a coffee cup. You decide. What would it say, Carrie? Yeah, so I my thing is find what you love and pursue it like not, you know, like it's on fire. Like go, just go. Whatever it is. And Barbara, this world takes all kinds of kinds. That that is I'd stress that to everyone, even my students and everybody. It takes all kinds of kinds. And people say to me all the time, oh, I couldn't do what you do in the classroom. And I'm like, well, you know, you are a nurse and you deal with blood all the time and <laughs> I could not do what you do. And, you know, you work on cars and I know nothing about my car. A light comes on and I immediately call my husband or my father. I could not do what you do. So it, this world takes all kinds of kinds. So I would, my, my thing is find what, what you love and what sets your soul on fire and run, run for it, run towards it, run after it, go, like just go. It kind of sounds like you go all in wholeheartedly with everything you take on. I try to Barbara. I really do. I try because, you know, I just, I really do. I try to do that because I I feel strongly about things I love. And when you love something and you want to be part of it, I want to be in it all the way as best I can. I want to be the best me in that thing, you know? So not, not the best, not number one in that thing, but the best me in that thing. So, you know, if if my best is, is, you know, I don't don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying the best at teaching or the best at whatever you're doing, just the best you in that thing. So, you know, whatever that means to you is what I think is most important. So I've always known I wanted to be a teacher. Like I said, my, you know, I, I used to set, my mom has home videos of me setting stuffed animals up and teaching to them. <laughs> um, I changed my idea of like what I wanted to teach as I grew up, but a few times, but yeah, I just, I've always wanted to teach. I I just, that's my thing. So, (laughs) well, our profession is blessed to have you. I'm glad you found your jam and I would love for my listeners to um, contact you or at least, you know, learn and grow alongside of you. Um, Would you give like your social media contact information? Yes, absolutely. Let me make sure I, I want to make sure I tell you correctly so I don't mess it up. Um, My Instagram is all lowercase Taylor teaches first, first spelled out F I R S T Taylor teaches first. Um, And then my Twitter handle is Mrs. Taylor in one ST. So first shortened. So MRS Taylor, I in one ST. So Mrs. Taylor in first. And I would love to connect with anybody that wants to connect. I love collaborate. Like I said, lifelong learner, hope to be a lifelong lifelong learner. Sorry, all those L's alliteration. Um, So anybody, you know, anybody that wants to spark that conversation, what you've got going on in your classroom or, you know, any suggestions you have for me or anything you want to know that I do, I'm happy to share. So please, please, yes, connect with me. Awesome. And before we sign off, if we were going to just ask you for one little word, one word that you want people to feel when they're in your presence, Carrie, what would that one word be? Mm, one word I would say I want them to feel the authenticity 
I really want them to feel that I care about what they're saying and who they are and what they've got going on. So I want them to know that I am so engaged in what they're saying and I'm so authentic in everything that I'm, I'm listening and saying to them. So that would be my authentic. That's my, that's always my goal. So I love it. Well, I felt it today and I want to thank you for carving out precious family time to let us get to know you a little bit. Yes, yes. It was so worth it. I love talking education. I love talking with other educators. So thank you so much, Barbara, for having me on and letting me share my journey with you. And I love that you questioned me and, you know, held me to my held me to my Twitter posts and those kinds of things. I love that accountability. So I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. My pleasure. And then I want to remind listeners that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design a family-owned business that's dedicated to character, safety, and organization. Join us again next week as we continue the conversation about character education, connections, and life. Until then, remember that character speaks.